I looked up why public smells the way it does. Nobody <gasps> had an answer. Oh, man. Not even on Reddit. Uh, maybe on Reddit. I didn't venture that far. I did a quick search. A lot of people just said that the seafood department smells gross, but I think that's... Uh, Every seafood department smells gross. Yeah. And that's also not the smell of Publix. No. What do you think it is? The rotisserie chickens and the fried chicken and the bakery? But that's but that's every like even Kroger all those places have fried chicken and those like rotisserie things. So I don't know. Man, I don't know I, what it could be. I remember when I went to Kroger and got a sandwich there thinking it'd be similar to the public sub. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. It's not. But why? I don't I don't know why. Why it's, it's the same so good. It's the same meat. Lettuce and onions and stuff don't vary that much. No. It's got to be the bread, right? Yeah, but if you, I mean, a, the bread can't be the only thing that makes a sub there better than it another place. Can't be. Then what is it? If somebody, I don't. if somebody took all the other ingredients and just put them on a plate and said, "Eat yeah. this," I don't think you'd be able to tell the difference. Maybe with the lettuce because of the way public shreds the lettuce. But, you know, that aside, that's not taste and delicious. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to get jobs at these places for like six months. Go behind the scenes and find out, sniff it out, pun intended, what the differences are between subs or smells of a Publix okay, versus look, a Kroger. I, I worked at a Publix. It was my first job. I worked at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> it was my lifelong dream in my four months of Publix to be a stock person and they kept me as a bag boy and one day I went on break and just didn't come back did they try and call you probably it was before cell phones yeah yeah so I ah, was it you might have had a cell phone by then no my first no? Se- my first cell phone I think was my senior year of high school and near the end of it or at least halfway through it. Something like that. That when I was 15 when I was working at Publix. Yeah. When did I get a cell phone? The Nokia. I think when I was working at Kroger, I might have had one. But it was one of those things where you have like barely any minutes. You know? Yeah, you just played you like Snake. 103 minutes. It was, those, those, it was that T-Mobile. Um, like, remember it was something about like drops in a bucket? There were like minutes. There was like a there was some bucket involved in their advertising. When I first got a cell phone, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was the spokesperson at the time. Something like that. I forget <laughs> when I first got the cell phone, I forget who the company was. Then it turned to voice stream. Then it was T-Mobile. Was oh, maybe fir- we had voice stream too. What was the first? And then it turned into T-Mobile. Yeah. But yes, you just played snake on the Nokia. Oh, the best. What kind of cover did you have? It had roses on it. I bet. No, I didn't have any cover. I wasn't fancy. Is that a, the black phone? I think it was silver. Remember, you could take the front off and put any, any any kind of front you wanted on it. I know, but I didn't buy stuff like that. I bought a blue one, dark cool. blue. That was my fi- that that razor was a was a fun phone to have. It was so sleek, and the buttons were so like thin feeling. I was pretty good at and texting. I had and I had this white one. I can't remember what it did, but it was my first QWERTY keyboard, and I felt legit. I was like, this is it. It was white, and then 
that had like a stripe going down either side, uh, the long and the short sides. And then you would, it would be like a normal vertical phone, but then you would turn it on its side and you'd push up and then there'd be like a QWERTY keyboard in there. And I loved it. Yeah. Isn't there a picture of you driving with the phone? Oh, there is. And you drinking and just driving dangerously. Yeah, and you yeah. should be dead for all intents and purposes. Well, that was the joke. I get it, but still, you were actually driving. What were you driving? Like the giant uh, broadcast truck, it looked like. No, 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 no. That was, I was driving a U-Haul down I mean, still, it's, a big, it's still a big truck. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a car. Unbelievable. All for yeah. the sake of a photo. So you could post it on MySpace. Totally. Isn't this funny? I'm so funny. I'm on MySpace. Yeah, look at this, risking my life and the life of others, driving this big truck by uh, taking my hands off the wheel and pretending to use my phone and drink a Red Bull at the same time, and I'm no, so distracted. First, okay, no, I didn't take the, Michelle took the picture, shout out to Michelle, I don't even know if she listens anymore, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she took the picture, there was no one around, it was an empty 400, I had my hands and part of my arm on the wheel. <laughs> That's even that's even worse part of your arm because then you no, listen. Have you ever driven with your knee? I that's a terrible thing to do because if you have to react, you're gonna over. You don't know how to react with your knee. The knee is just to hold it steady. Yes, we've all done yeah, yeah. that. But if like something happened and you needed to swerve, you would move your knee into it. Then you flip the car and the truck and yeah. it'd be over. Sure. Well, it wasn't. You were an early adopter of that. Uh, Got to get pictures from my social media. <laughs> It was funny. Because I didn't die. That's why it was funny. Well, yes, I can give you that. Thank you. But the chances were still there. Sure. I also was good at, uh, I never got one of those full keyboard phones because I was good at texting with the T9. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you did you know how to say certain things? Like you knew where all the letters were? So like you knew if you pressed, you know, seven three times you'd get to the T or whatever. <laughs> I was, look, I was texting before most people texted. Ooh, I loved it. Why, who were you texting? I, I loved it. People I met, like there would be uh, people I met at, at school and I would text these girls and then the phone that I had at the time, there was a little light on it that would flash if you had a voicemail, if the phone was ringing or if you had a text and I would look at the phone and it wouldn't be flashing and it would drive me crazy because I sent a text and then I would hide the phone and say, I'm not going to look at it for an hour and a half. And I would go look at it an hour and a half later and it still wouldn't be flashing. And then <laughs> I'd say, oh my God, what have I done? And then uh, eventually it would flash and then my heart would uh, start to race. Yeah. And anyway, no one sent long text messages at that point. They're like, LOL. It was something, yeah. <laughs> TTYL. Ah, but then it's like, oh, I got a response. Great. Yeah. So when were you texting when you were as skinny as when you showed me in that picture earlier? <laughs> no. No, you weren't texting then? Those uh pictures. Who like, is that person? Those pictures. Who is it? That was 15-year-old me. Yeah, I was very skinny. So skinny. I barely recognize you. And I feel like I didn't know you that far away from that age. 15, four years. 18, 19, four, I mean, that's a big four years, I guess. But man, you were just like. So Greg texted me these two pictures today. I was like, what is 
what is this? Who, why are you sending me these pictures of these strangers, these like toe-headed children? And I, I looked closer and I could not believe that Greg was in this picture. My cool Nike polo buttoned <laughs> all the way to the top. And then in a different well, the one with the stripes, the two big stripes. Yeah, that's, that's very um, signifier of the times. It's like. a Nike shirt that's way too big for me, just hanging, draping off of my shoulders. And yeah. then uh, and then the other one's a Nautica shirt. <laughs> Nautica is cool. And this face you're making. <laughs> I have zero memories of these pictures being taken. Yeah, do you know where you guys were and why you were together? No. And the one that's in the restaurant, I zoomed in and the thing on the table says Papa Doe's. Papa Doe. Oh, Papa Doe. Oh, do you think that was the one on like near 285 I, on 85? Possibly. I have no clue. Papa Doe's. I do not remember. And it's why all does my it f- say 81 in this picture where? <laughs> in the corner. It says 81. No, it says it says 97. Oh, that one does. Okay, the one before it says 81. Oh, I see what you're saying. Calibrate their camera. Maybe maybe that was a cropped picture and it said eight something. Sure. But yeah, man, this guy, why is your hair so straight? Well, it's buzzed. It's pretty short. It's real short. (laughs) You just look like every sporty kid I knew. See, now that looks more like you. Close, 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 close. (laughs) <laughs> I can see your face in there, obviously, but what a chump. Yeah. I mean, this one with the goofy face, that one, <laughs> you know what it's like? It's like when uh, we were talking about swingers and how skinny John Favreau and um, Vince Vaughn was in that movie. Yeah. That's the kind of skinny we're talking about with you. Yeah. What happened? Oh, no. You thickened up, boy. Uh, you can post those pictures. Maybe just me, though. I don't know if the other people will want their pictures Oh, should posted. I blur out their little kid faces? No, you can probably just crop them and show me. Let's see. How, what grade are you in when you're 15? Ninth. Ninth? Here, I'll show you ninth what I look Ninth and 10th. Like it depends. At you in ninth grade? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I was in, over the summer between 8th and 9th, I had dyed my hair pink and my mom didn't want me to start high school with pink hair and have the stu- like the teachers judge me. So she took me to this really shitty salon place in Lawrenceville. And they did the best they could, but they fried the shit out of my hair by trying to get all this pink out. And they just, at the end, just dyed it brown. And so I was just like hanging out in ninth grade with this brown hair. And you hated it. You're just a normal, normal. Eh, it was all right. Plebeian. But there. then... uh. Let's see, tenth grade. I look like a, also like a dork. Now you look much more like yourself in tenth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So that picture that you were looking. Look at, at this short, short hair. Wait, where is it? Can you see it? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty short. That's, yeah. That was eleventh grade. That's style at the time. No, yeah. So that picture you were looking at, uh, July of ninety-seven, right? So that's in mm-hmm. between. That's the summer between ninth and tenth grade. And that's, oh, okay. that's actually the 15 year old me that was working at Publix, I guess. Was I, was I 15? Are you allowed to work when you were 15? I'm pretty sure I was yeah. 15. Yeah, because I was 15 when I worked at uh, Papa John's. PPJs. PPJs. 
Look at look at the baby. Yeah, happy baby. Just wanting to have fun. <laughs> yep. Only fun. That's all you ever wanted to do. Yeah. Well, you have to yeah, this. The world's not the world's not so fun. Get over it. That's all right. I read that smarter people have dark senses of humor, so I must be the smartest. So like PPJs. <laughs> yes. This is this is thrilling. <laughs> show me every single Get picture. This part out. Let's just do the whole show on showing pictures. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. I hand it over to you, Autumn. This is your week. I have done no notes. Great. My uh, <laughs> week, I'm glad that you're ready. <laughs> well, don't, don't take that as a lack of caring. I just okay. was thinking about what your topic is, knowing. I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the flow on this one. We'll see what Autumn has to say. Okay, that's great. So, uh this week I'd like to talk about sharing Um, and it's been on my mind lately, not just because I am constantly telling my kids to share, uh, which I have sort of mixed feelings about, you know, uh, but lately uh, Ellie parks her little bike outside my door and this neighbor, this neighbor boy comes around and he'll knock on the door and sometimes he asks if Ellie can come out to play, but other times he just asks if he can borrow Ellie's bike. And at first I was like, yeah, of course, go, go ahead. But there's something now that I kind of feel like, no, I don't want him to take her bike all the time. You know, I asked him if he ever had any other way of getting around. And he said, yeah, I used to have a bike or a scooter or something. But then there was this like mishap where it was taken to his dad's house and then his dad it was broken. His dad said he'd fix it, but then he didn't. And then it was gone. And now he doesn't have a bike, but his sister has a bike. So he's always coming over to Barley's bike. And I just feel, I want to be the person who says, of course, little kid who for some weird reason that's out of your control, doesn't have your bike or scooter. But I, I honestly, truthfully don't want him to borrow Ellie's bike. What's and I feel f- weird about that. What's the fear? That he's just going to break it or steal it? I mean, you can't steal it. You know where he is. <laughs> no. no, but that's the thing. So that and, and that started making me think about other sort of issues I have with sharing. Like I said, I want to be the person who, you know, is out to dinner with someone and they put the food in front of us. And, you know, the person you're with says, oh, that looks good. And I say, here, do you want a bite? But I would never give away the first bite of food or the last bite. The first bite and the last bite are very crucial. But I feel protective over sharing my food. And that's something that I've had that I didn't realize that I had an issue with until I was around other people who were very into like, here, take a bite. Here, do you want some of mine? That's because you're an only child, like a feral dog. <laughs> it's the, the dog's used to having its food only. It yeah. is in existence and you bring another dog into the house and the other dog goes near the food bowl and then suddenly the growling begins, the snapping of the jaws, mm-hmm. don't touch my food. Yeah, that's me. Though those kind of dogs are also the ones who, when the other dog, the new dog to the house has its own food bowl, the nasty dog will finish the food, then go over to the other dog's food bowl and try to take it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then get mad at the rightful dog. <laughs> yeah. So so are you like that? If someone else has food, do you want the first bite? No, 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 no. I, uh, I, I don't. I'm not like possessive over it. Like this will be. Okay. It's more than, okay. A dog has the food in front of them. The dog thinks that this is the only time I'm going to have this food. I can't let it, anyone else have it. That's obviously not where I'm coming from. I don't have any like starvation anxiety, <laughs> but I think about the elements that are on my plate and how I want to make sort of like perfect bites sometimes. And if you come in with your fork, what if you take all the caramelized onions that I'm kind of saving for like a specific bite that I'm looking for? You know, it's that kind of thing. You have a system in place and then sharing will throw that system off. That sounds like OCD. And uh, that's a whole different topic for a <laughs> well, different do you ever, time. Do you ever think? Do you ever think about the the uh, the last bite and how it has to be the perfect last bite so that you can have the specific flavors like remain in your mouth once the meal is finished? No, because I don't. I tend to eat things separately. I don't mix them together, and I get rid of the thing I don't like or the thing I like the least first, and then I'll eat the thing that I like in the middle. Say there's three you know, portions or three, uh-huh. three, three, like little things. Yeah. And then the thing elements, I, I tend to go in order here and there. There'll be a bite of the other thing, but for the most, I mean, it's the same way with Skittles. I eat them in order. When it was oh. lime, it used to be now that the green is apple. Uh, yeah. I still keep the same order. It's yellow, green, orange, purple, red, though. I've really become a fan of orange recently. Now that's, that's an order of, from your least favorite to most favorite? Yes. Okay. I mean, Say the, that again. It's yellow. It's lemon. And then when it was the green, it was lime. It was lime. lime orange, orange. Grape. Cherry. Ew. Cherry's your favorite? The red's cherry, right? That's correct? I don't think it's cherry. I think it's strawberry. Maybe. I don't. I think it's It's cherry. not cherry because I hate cherry flavored things. But I love cherries. I hate cherries. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat them. Rainier cherries. I just, I don't, I don't like fruit for the most part. Bananas. Like bananas. And apples are the two that I eat. Bananas, I like in real life, but hate banana flavor. I like the bananas and runts. Oh, those are the worst. Actually, in the order of runts, that would be the last one I would eat. I think. Oh, if if it were for me, least to best, that would be the first. I would suffer through the banana to get to the lime or the strawberry or something. Ugh. Oh, but you like overripe bananas. So that makes sense because the riper they get, the more like stronger that banana flavor becomes. And I don't like that. I don't, I like it right before they get freckly. No, not even right before, like three, two and a half steps back from freckly. Oh, I was just eating some, uh, they were so close and so ripe, uh, like they're so close to rotting that, I ate some. I thought it was delicious. The next day, a fruit fly showed up. I was like, okay, <laughs> now, now it's over. I'm trying to look up this red Skittle. It's strawberry. You're right. Okay, okay. so that makes it better. Yeah, that does. I, like, I don't even know what flavor it is. Just red. Just red. <laughs> that's, that's what I know. Anyway, back to the sharing. Um, yeah. Food, I have no problem sharing. I'm not protective of food. In general, I don't like to share things. But I always believed in the rule that you can't expect people to share with you if you're not going to share with them. So quite often, I just wouldn't ask people to share anything with me, especially as a kid. I, uh, I didn't want to lend my stuff out. And I just wouldn't ask yeah. to borrow anything from anyone else. And that was partly because 
yeah, it part of it, it ties into having not necessarily a system, but it's these are my things. They're in an order that I like, and if something goes missing, this is my attachment to in, inanimate objects. Also, I was like, I, that feels like I'd be very anxious if I lent this thing and never got it back. See, now I don't feel like that's the same thing as sharing. That's sharing. Sharing a toy or something or a video game as a kid? No, no, but what, you, what you're talking about is like lending some, someone something. That's sharing. How are you going to say that's not sharing? You want to well, limit the scope of this show so that we're done in 15 minutes? Then I think that you, you should just lump that in with sharing. Don't threaten me. I'd say I'm not threatening <laughs> anything. That is sharing. That is I, I just I, I, Well, share, sharing your food isn't really sharing. What's your definition of sharing? Giving it and not getting it back? No, no, in in person sharing in a moment, not, not, uh, you're lending something to someone and you'll get it back at some point. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't share videotapes at Blockbuster. It's a sharing system. No, it's lending. What about the ride sharing, which is what they call Uber? That's in a moment. That's in the, that's the moment that you're in. That's sharing. I think sharing is happening now. Lending is something where there's a period of time where whatever you're trying to share is no longer within your view. Okay, well, to build on my previous statement, I wouldn't even have people over at my house. Quite often, I hung out at other people's houses because I didn't like people at my house as a kid. All right. Now, that's sharing because Because you don't want to share your toys and have them do something. I still want want to touch my stuff. I was like, this is (laughs) mine. It wasn't so much... There was a self, it was an anxiety. It's like, I, if you touch this, if you break it or the system's broken or it's out of place, it's going to make me feel so I didn't understand this at the time. I just reacted. I was like, no, I don't like hanging. And I also liked people leaving uh, when I wanted them to leave. And quite often they wouldn't. And if I was at someone else's house, then I can make the decision. I'm done now and I'm leaving. You have more control than kicking. Yeah. So- you could kick someone out, but it, it felt mean. It was the same reason I didn't like people spending the night. But, you know, and the topic of sharing uh yeah i my friend paul cavalcante who's uh you know a new york city radio dj and has been for decades he's like the cockroach cockroach of new york city radio stations go away he just survives uh he lives in the bronx alone he's in his 50s his house is like that he'll invite you over and he treats you well he'll make you appetizers and fix you a drink but uh (laughs) you know his stuff don't go around touching things he won't oh really you can't touch stuff He's got the moths on the wall that he's pinned himself and his yeah. precious vinyl collection okay. with his $10,000 turntable. I, I understand. There's a door to a basement that you, he won't let you go down. Well, that's screaming. No, that's where the uh, the vinyl is, is in the basement. Oh, oh, <laughs> you lock okay. your most prized possessions in the basement. Your captive, your hostage. Those my records. You should see the way he takes care of these things. He's got a special yeah. brush for them and oil. I love them. that brush. I want a brush like that, even uh, though I don't have any. I don't have a workable turntable right now. Yeah, so he'll share his space and his time, but he doesn't want to share his things. Look, look. I guess if you're listening to music, he's sharing that collection with you. It's like just don't touch it. So yeah. I, I get. I don't need to touch it. That's fine. Um, but that's the category I fall into. And if we don't want to talk about lending, fine. But I do not like lending things because I just assume I'm not going to get them back. I uh, have, and if anyone ever lends me anything, I have all the intentions in the world to return it, but chances are you're not going to get it back. Yeah, that's, this is ridiculous. I don't understand that people exist in such a manner. (laughs) 
I make an effort to give things back because I'm like, all right, this is someone else's thing. They trusted me with it, and I don't want to break that bond. You know, I was just talking to you before we started recording the show about uh, playing The Last of Us because The Last of Us 2, the video game's coming out. And I, I let my friend Marshall borrow the first game years ago. Well, I'm probably talking three years ago at this point. I don't have it. And I wanted to play the first one again before the new one comes out. And I looked because it, it came out in 2013. It's $10. And it was worth to $10 to me than to track down my other copy of it. So I just <laughs> downloaded it instead. I spent $10 because he took this game. And I've never seen it since. He doesn't live that far from me either. But it's like at this point, I don't even want to ask for it. Yeah. It was left in some old console that he's gotten rid of. It's gone. I think he, he didn't play it right away. And he had this idea he was going to play it. And I don't know if he ever even played it. But it's like, all right, come on. Time limit. It's over. Give it back. Yeah, what is that? What I mean, that's that, like I said, that's to me, that's not sharing. That's lending borrowing yeah but you lend something you're sharing it with a person like here you go okay all right what so so what do you consider uh giving your login for netflix to someone else is that sharing Um, yeah that is sharing that's that's i guess in the moment but it's also continuous yeah i don't know why you know what it's like pornography you know it when you see it you just know is it lending i I don't know why it's lending, but that's lending. Why is that sharing? I don't know. It just is because I feel like it's sharing. There's just some weird sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, feeling you get when something is sharing. But I want to know why I feel this way as an adult. Like, okay, when you go back to being a kid and you're an only child, you don't get a lot of practice with sharing. But you had two sisters Maybe it comes from you being the oldest, but where does it come from where you're totally fine with sharing and when you're not? I don't know. Something's got to change your mind on it. There's something when you're... It's it's a concerted effort from me to share certain things. Well, when you're a Uh, real small kid, I feel as though your brain's just all over the place and whatever someone else has you want or something's yours... You're not even thinking about it. But the moment someone else wants to play with it, then it's on top of your mind and it's an instant gratification. No, it's mine. Yeah. I want to play with that now. And yeah, that's something that Ellie and Pete go through all the time where Ellie has is not touching or thinking about whatever object. Look at this and thing. That's that is hers. Yeah, sitting under the... And then the, Pete has it and she's like, whoa, no. Yeah, look at this toy that's been sitting under this chair for yeah. five months that you look at every day and don't ever think about playing. Yeah. And then suddenly your sibling and wants to play And there's a lot of talk about, but that's mine. I'm like, you're totally right. It is yours. But he's playing it with it right now. It's no big deal. And he's like, but it's mine. And then he'll egg her on and be like, it's mine. Like, so, up, Pete. so growing and being able to share is uh, maturation. Hmm. Because it, it sounds like the instinct when you're small is just to not share. No. So that's yeah. built in. For some survival reason, probably. Nope, resources are light. I've got this, it's mine. And sure, adults will act like that also if the resources are, aren't uh, yes. abundant. But when they are, I think you realize as an adult that, okay, then there's enough. I'll share. I have this thing. I don't necessarily need it right now. Or you can have some of this or you can partake in this. Uh, well, that reminds me, 
of something I wanted to bring up, which was I always imagine, not always, I have imagined myself in like a bomb shelter scenario. And, you know, you run into the bomb shelter, you close the door behind you, and you realize that you've, you know, your neighbor's knocking on your door because they want to be protected. And I don't know if I'd open my door. I want to be the person who would open the door and share the safety with them. I want to be that person. Well, it depends on how many canned goods you have. Yeah. And how long you think the disaster is going to last. So if you thought it was going to like, all right, this thing has happened. Uh, it's going to last four months. And I have a year and a half yeah. of canned goods here and water. Would you let the person in? I guess I would. Yeah. And then if yeah, it's, maybe it has. Yeah. If I had if I had six months resources and it was projected to last four months. First of all, how would I have this? How would I know this information? But. Let's say that's what it is. I don't know if I don't know. You still gauge it. You don't know for sure, but you you you, you estimate. Yeah. You make an and estimate. And honestly, st- strategy-wise, maybe that neighbor doesn't want to come in because if anybody's getting eaten first, it's the it's the neighbor, stranger neighbor. If anyone's getting eaten first, what kind of s- yeah. scenario is this? <laughs> if shit really goes down, let's say we have six months supply, it turns into a twelve-month oh, scenario. You got to eat. And then Neighbors screen. eating, getting eaten first. Yeah, that whole camaraderie goes right out the window. Yeah, uh, my survival. I, like in a situation like that, I guess your survival instinct kicks in. Part of me would just rather die. I, like, I don't want to live in this world. This world. Yeah, where that what's afterward? We're in a bunker. Like people couldn't even stay in their apartments uh, <laughs> during COVID. And like you yeah. st- still, like you had the ability to go outside some, go to the grocery store, windows. If you're in a bunker. Can you imagine that? Oh, that's a and great you're, point. You're just stuck in there for months. Is that a life worth living? That idea seemed so foreign until this pandemic happened and we were all self-quarantining. And if it were a worse pandemic, then you would have seen people staying inside more, but the grocery stores would have been insane. Uh, like if the, if the mortality rate, you're not getting any sharing then. Like you, you saw people. That's a great point. Think about all the people. Like I did. Okay, so maybe this redeems me a little bit because I did not run out to the store and over purchase toilet paper. You know, take out a whole shelf of uh, Clorox disinfecting wipes or something. I didn't do any of that, and I also didn't expect anyone. Like when I was running low on toilet paper. I was not expecting anyone to give me toilet paper or even for the stores to be restocked. I thought it was shocking and surprising that for so long they still didn't have toilet paper. But A, I didn't run and uh, uh, like hoard any of it. And I didn't expect anyone to give me any. I felt very like I I installed this hose on the back of my toilet to (laughs) use if I needed to, if we really were running out. It seems so messy to me, the hose. I'm all for a bidet, but the hose seems messy. But anyway. What, because of the dripping? Yeah, and the spraying. Yeah. But okay. It didn't work as well as other types (laughs) of bidets. So, I mean, that illustrates a point right there that people revert back to children. Like the toilet paper was unfounded. It was just a report for some reason and that word spread pretty quickly, toilet paper. And then the, the moment you realize that toilet paper is going fast and you see some, then you're going to act on it. And you're right. not, not going to share. And people did argue, right? And they fought over them in the stores. There were videos. Yeah, it's outrageous. Mine! Yeah, the, the little mine. child. The little, the little child is back out. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, people want, want to know why I'm cynical. It's, it's this kind of behavior. 
I expect more of human beings with our uh, superior intellect and ability to critically think. It all goes to shit so quickly. And I would, I would just want people to understand that, all right, there's nat- natural inclinations here, but I do have this ability to think and act differently uh, because I'm an intelligent, an intelligent being. And well, when yeah. people, it's a battle. That's hard. That requires work. And people end up not doing it and just acting like the stupid animals that they are. And this well, is, that makes sense, right? Because those instincts come from a more s- like central inside core part of your brain. That is the like caveman instincts, right? Like eat, I, fight, fuck, steal, <laughs> whatever you have to do. I understand get, that. Yeah. But, you know, so you when you gauge the situation, when, go ahead, gauge the situation. Look, I'm not saying that if things really got bad and my survival uh, put aside this idea that maybe I wouldn't want to live, but your survival instinct, I would assume, would kick in. And if there were people around you that you loved and wanted to protect, then you probably, you know, wouldn't want to die either. Um, I'm not saying if it got really bad, then that I wouldn't, uh, you know, revert back to that kind of behavior. But like this <laughs> toilet paper thing, it's like, think for a second. Yeah. Come on. What the hell is wrong with everyone? People show their I true that, colors. I thought, I thought that people freaking out over toilet paper was the stupidest thing. I mean, obviously until I didn't have any toilet paper, but at the same time, I thought, People, if you really are afraid of the supply chain breaking at some point and you you really are going to have to survive on something, what do you think toilet paper is going to do for you? You know what should have been out of stock is like tons of canned goods. Mac and cheese went out the door for some reason. It did. Yeah, but that makes sense, too. But also, like, what do you think? Butter? Like, you need butter. You need milk. Like, toilet paper is the thing you're freaking out about? Really? All right, so look, it looks like, uh, you know, it's, it's not built in to share naturally. People don't necessarily want to do it unless it's with the people that they're close to. The, yeah. the tribalism part of things. So, so maybe I never, that part of my brain didn't get a lot of uh, flexing. Okay, let's go back to your food situation. Mm-hmm. Resources are abundant at a table. There's enough food for everyone. Um, but you still don't want to share. So that theory is out the window. Yeah, because listen, let's say there are a ton of appetizers. Like you go down the list of appetizers, you order like six of them for the table. (laughs) And I have a favorite and I have those on my plate. And then somebody else wants some of those. Listen, I wouldn't have been like, I wouldn't have taken the majority of them and and said like, these are mine without anyone else getting some. But if there was someone else in the same mindset as me about the specific food, I would not want to share that with them well let's say there was only one plate unless of food. i really liked them or something. i was gonna say what if there's only one plate of food so the resources are scarce and you're at a table with people you love and then they wanted some of your food mm. would you share it okay i'm thinking about like calamari no, just in general <laughs> i'm just thinking specifically about a food there's people like there's the uh, only and one I've, I've squeezed my lemon on it I'm excited. I have my dipping, my little like sweet chili something I'm dipping it into. I'm talking about pretty bummed. I'm talking about overall. I'd be bummed if a a family member was sitting next to me and just like picking it off my plate and eating my plate. What if it was the only plate of food you were allowed to buy? And it's like, all right, food for some reason, the global supply is down. You bought the plate of food and uh, someone you care about walks up and like, oh, hey, can I have some of that? 
Oh, uh, I mean, okay, yes. I mean, in a in dire. And then a stranger though comes up, You're like, no. Yeah, totally. Get the no. fuck out of here! Stay away from my food. <laughs> that's creep. tribalism, right? Yes. Yeah. So but to survive, I mean, that's what we're trying to do as humans in 2020 is fight these ancient instincts. And I think that the sooner that we all recognize that in ourselves, that we'll be able to see it in others. And then we can work on where uh, on moving forward. Right. Because if, if you, if you, if you, are upset about something and obviously we're talking a little bit about like this pandemic all the racial things that are happening all of the responses to those things so many people are just responding with this instinctual like anger or fear instead of thinking of how the other person might be reacting to what's happening for them and so if both people are just reacting to their own things and never thinking about how things affect each other, then how are we ever going to move forward? Well, I mean, it's going to take a lot of people. And there are signs of hope, I think, happening right now that people yeah. seemingly do want to share equality. Yes. You know, on, the, on that topic, uh, you know, I know our last show is about this quite a bit but if you don't if if you think that everything's equal and then you are against the idea or you're uncomfortable with the idea of sharing the kind of life you are able to live it's because you feel as though you have something to lose interesting why would you resist otherwise like no things are they're already equal it's like i think somewhere inside you know that uh, maybe it's going to be a little harder for you if things actually are equal because you're in a position where they're easier for you right now see now i can understand how someone would hear that and be kind of offended Right. Because you're saying that I don't know myself. People don't know themselves or they do know <laughs> themselves and they don't admit it. That's what I, people do. I don't let yeah. me take that back. People know themselves. There's a, a, you know, a reaction of sorts, even a subtle one that they pick up on. And maybe they're not exactly aware of it, what it is. And that's what sends you down that path because you don't want to be uncomfortable. You don't want to face it. You don't, you want your life that's to be true. the easiest. Yeah. This, look, my life is set up in this way. Uh, your life is your life and it doesn't affect me so much. And it's so easy to dismiss. Other I think people. where I started personally making progress with myself was stopping and thinking about my reaction. Be like, don't, I, I think a lot of people have a, an inst, you know, uh, their first impression or their first reaction to something. And if, if it makes them uncomfortable, then they explain it away and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? They, they don't want to deal with it or they blame someone else for having that feeling and how dare you make me feel these things, you know, that kind of thing. What helped me the most was being okay, like just listening to my first reaction and then thinking about where that came from, you know? And if it did come from someone else, why did they, why did they get me to react like that? Where did that come from? It's all about... You have to you have to look in on yourself because then it truly is it like really helps you understand humanity as a whole. Here's what it feels like to me. Someone's on their hands and knees. You're sitting on your couch. They're on the hands and knees in front of you. Uh, You have your feet on their back using them as an ottoman. And they say, hey, can I please get up now? My knees hurt. My hands hurt. My back starting hurts like, no, 
because you're comfortable sitting that way. Yeah, I'll lose my. But I like this. I enjoy sitting like this. So no, you can't get up. That is the equivalent of this. Like you're gonna. That is why yeah, people. I don't rec- think so. Yes, I, this ties I know in, what you're saying. This ties into our topic overall. I mean, I'm with, because the, the idea that sharing is a construct that's promoted, that's supposed to be an elevated level of thinking amongst humanity, which for some reason it stops with sharing. It's like that. There's good intentions. Like, be aware of yourself and others, and share things, and then that's mm-hmm. the end of it. It's like no one ever continues or tells you or tries to teach you that you should continue your self growth and try to understand your impact on other people in any way. But it's a weird thing to put in front of people. And it does tie into this idea that we're supposed to be beings that have the capability of looking out for one another, uh, even though the instinct goes against it. Uh, And I think this wider discussion plays into that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I don't want to share the comfort in my life. And maybe it's not that you don't want to share it, but it's like you would have to give it up. I don't don't like the analogy of the person on the couch with their feet on the person on the floor. I think it would be better to say... There's not enough room on this couch for you. Okay, so there's you know like on the I'm floor. comfortable. I I like to put my I like to I like to put my uh my papers to the right of me on this cushion and my computer is over here because it's charging on the wall. If you come sit down, where will my computer go? You know where will my papers go? You're gonna and then all your friends are gonna have to sit here too. Like oh you know it's I think it's more that because then you're not sort of uh, demeaning the other person. I mean I'm not saying that there aren't people that do have that mentality but i think a lot of the people who have that sort of um what is it internalized racism or like racism that you don't even realize is happening you know sneaky racism are you talking about Uh, systemic racism yes (laughs) um okay fine look if you don't want to use i i see what you're saying about my analogy it wasn't like you know supposed to be taken oh sure you're lounging on the couch and yeah. you like lounging and someone wants to sit because they're sitting on the hard floor and their tailbone hurts. Like, hey, Aww. now I'm enjoying I'm enjoying yeah, my lounging. Like, hey, you know, I used to sit on floors. My tailbone hurt, but I was fine. Look at me. I'm on the couch now. You can get your <laughs> own couch, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a lack of sharing. And I started out on the floor. Look, there are these battles <laughs> that we all have to go through. My mom was raised on the floor. Yeah. And wasn't even a hardwood floor. It was a concrete floor. Ugh. It was gravel. Look at me now. We lived now in, I'm on a couch. It was a gravel floor. You should be so lucky that you have a hardwood floor. Mm-hmm. And if you had a carpeted floor, you know, you should just not even strive for anything else at that point because the carpet should What's be good What's the enough. difference? Yeah. And some people have couches. Not everyone gets a couch. But, you yeah, know, these are behaviors that uh, we're supposed to work. I guess you can make your own choice, right? You're an autonomous being. I, yeah. I don't think that anyone should have to give up something that's theirs if they don't want to. It just bothers me when they don't. I I think I use that as a way to judge the character of a person. Again, depending on the situation, you have to look at all angles and understand what the circumstances are. But uh, quite often you look at how a person treats other people and uh, if the situation doesn't really call for them being selfish and uh, self-centered, then it's like, all right, get yeah. out of here. And then my cynicism grows and my hope dies a little bit more. Well, I hope that you don't judge me because I really do know that this is a thing about me and that I don't care for it. Okay. Well, look, the food thing also is someone acting like they, they have their own food and then they act yeah. like they have a right to your food. So in that situation, all things being equal and yeah. just saying, you know, you look at the circumstance like, hey, wait. 
What if they, I mean, asking is one thing, just uh, reaching if over. If somebody took my perfect last bite that I was creating, like I was waiting for these, like these certain bites to be the last ones. And then if someone comes and t- I will be so sad. Not so, come on, not so sad, but just like, oh man, that was wait, I was saving that. I like when there is shared food and there's a last bite and then nobody takes it. <laughs> and then there's like a principle, right? like i actually want it but i'm not going to be the person that takes that last piece of calamari i, just, I will ask yeah well it depends Does anybody else want this but then there are other people that do want it and they're like but oh if, no if sorry, they say no too it, bad so. that they say no if it's the last piece is the tentacles they can have it i don't want that oh i like the tentacles Ugh. i what, want you only want the heads yeah I oh want you want the rings the rings yeah the pig anus <laughs> why is that a pig anus there was a report once that uh, fake calamari was actually pig anus, <gasps> the, the ringlets. <laughs> it was just being marketed as calamari, and it wasn't at all. Which I guess you oh, wouldn't know man. the difference, really. I get, hey, if it's good. So at least if the tentacles are there, then you know. Okay, this is probably real calamari. I don't even yeah. know. I don't know the validity to that report anyway. Okay. It was there, but pig I, anus? I. Why pig? I feel like there was some retraction. It's about their the right, buttholes are. It's probably the perfect about shape. The right size. A cow's yeah. butthole's too big, and a chicken's doesn't really have a butthole; just has a hole where everything yeah, comes where does out. Their poop, their, I don't understand. How does their poop come out of their egg hole? <laughs> just all pours out. <laughs> Think about that next time you're eating some eggs. I mean, the shells on there. So. <laughs> I don't understand the tubes. Hey, look up a diagram. I'm sure you could find. You know, something. I re- I don't remember the info obviously, but I think that there was a magic school bus where they went inside a chicken's butt. And they- <laughs> what was that teacher's name? Frizzle, frazzle. Oh, drizzle. Yeah. Miss- yes. I feel like I was a little too old for magic school bus i was too i watched some episodes but i just i was a little bit too old for it when it came yeah yeah i watched a lot of things that i was a little too old for like i watched blues clues i enjoyed blues clues very much you Uh, like eureka's castle didn't you oh no i was not you and i were both not too old for eureka's castle i did not like it maybe it's because i liked pinwheel i stayed home from school and would watch eureka's castle and there was this uh a Snow White episode, but it was like, you know how they would have these basically like Japanimation cartoons, right? In between the puppets or whatever they were. And um, it was a real sexy version of Snow White. Like the uh, the evil, uh, the, the queen w- came around to find Snow White and uh, was selling corsets instead of an apple. And then was like having Snow White try on a corset and she was pulling it tighter and tighter and like her bosom was getting like tighter and tighter and it she suffocated Snow White like she passed out and I don't know what happened after that but I was like whoa I knew even then I was like this is kind of sexy this is too sexy for this show <laughs> bondage yes Japan, man Japanese love that shit I'm surprised you're not into it tie me up <laughs> I love the knots the ropey red rope knots you know, getting back to our topic. Yes. Sorry. I mean, sharing yourself, though, too. I'm not talking about sex. I guess we could get into that, sharing yourself. I was just talking about thoughts and feelings and for the longest time. Even still today, I don't share a lot of myself with people. We mm-hmm. do this show 
a lot of me is out there. So I guess I share it in that sense, but I always feel more as though it's like I'm talking to you and I share it with you and it's like, oh, now other people know. But like people that I actually know in my life, I don't necessarily tell people I do the podcast. If they did some research, I'm sure they could find it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do feel as though that people I work with, I'm still somewhat of a mystery. Like I don't reveal things. People don't know I do radio. They don't. And that's kind of how you got cool in high school, right? Where it was like you weren't giving a whole lot. And so it made you mysterious and more interesting. Yeah, it's, but it's more it's like I don't need to. I'd rather not be an oversharer with my thoughts and feelings constantly. Uh, because those people can get really annoying. There are certain people in my life who I have that kind of relationship with, and I will share those things with them because I trust them with those things. And, uh, I, you know, I've mentioned before, I don't even talk about the music I like much with people because I like it. And if someone else like, Oh, you, cause they're so judgmental with music people, <laughs> my, the, my tastes are the best. Your tastes are dumb. How could you like such a thing? And it's like, I look, I like this. And you saying that will have too much of an impact on me. And I hate that you would have that much control. And maybe that's something I need to work on and not care as much. But, uh, you know, look, this is mine. I'm keeping it to myself. You don't so that's interesting because I am definitely not like that. I will share. I have no boundaries when it comes to something like that. If you open the door a little bit for some you know, to talk about something that's embarrassing or to say something crazy or to like be silly or whatever, like, or even just to, sh- to talk about real things, you know, like not, not just like dinner party, stupid, nothing talk, but like real things I'm in and you will know who I am. So yeah. I have no problem sharing my ideas or my thoughts or myself in that way. Yeah. You do seem to enjoy that. Like that time my mom just dumped all her shit on you without even saying hello. <laughs> it was just you show up and then talking about how my sister's pregnant. And so it's, I forget. What's literally, something. literally, I walked up these little steps from your garage to meet your mom for the first time. Greg and I have been friends for like 18 years. I've never met his mom. I walk in and she says, I'm like, hi. And she said, what, which sister was it? What's her name? Kristen. Kristen, thank you. Kristen, ah, Kristen, she's pregnant. She's got high blood pressure. We're worried about her. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, she oh. tells you about how her dad died in the hospital, was maybe at fault. And it's like, wow, yeah. you're really dumping all this shit onto her. And, you know, that's something that's like, maybe don't share all of that. Especially yeah. someone you don't know. Maybe you exude trust. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, because I didn't mind at all. Yeah, I would like look. I was like that would tire me out. It's like I don't have time for this. I don't want to yeah. hear all this. I don't know you. I don't want to expend the energy on you. Now, if we got close, then okay. But even if you get close to someone and they're constantly, that's a sharing that needs to be a mutual sharing. It's like yeah, they can yes. dump their stuff on you, but uh, if yeah, it's it comes, all one sided. Yeah. yeah, and I guess I didn't mind with her because. I don't know. She felt like she was in, it felt like she was in a crisis at the time. Yeah. Like, she, she was. Is. And, and has been. It actually, <laughs> she called me this morning and I didn't mm-hmm. answer the first time because my sister, Kristen had already texted me the, uh, we're not going to get into this in detail because okay. I just, you know, but you know, the shooting in Atlanta with the guy who fell asleep, the black guy who fell asleep at the Wendy's and the cop who shot yeah. him was the same cop well actually never mind 
Now I'm giving away too much information, private information for other people. Let's just say <laughs> that uh, somebody who's, you know, close to us uh, was arrested by that cop, the cop who shot the guy. And, uh, you know, this court case has been hanging. And it turns out like that cop was an asshole to him, too, when he was. Oh, really? When he was arrested. And then. So my sister wrote me a text like, hey, guess what? And she filled me in. And then my mom was calling and I knew that's what she wanted to talk about, which then would just launch her into other diatribes against whatever was on her mind. And even when I asked her not to bring up things, she does too much. So I didn't answer. And then she called again like an hour later and I just answered to get it out of the way. But that's exactly what it was like. You'll never guess who that comes. Like, yeah, I I know. I understand. Right. Who that uh, what's going on there. Oh no! But that's like that's the thing. It's like that's this is my own mother. It's like too much. It's like too stop. Yeah, yeah. I don't need. Yeah, to. when when someone else shares, I don't even think. I mean, I I guess it can be seen as them sharing their sort of feelings with you about whatever is happening. But then, really, it's not sharing because it really <laughs> is. I can't control how I'm feeling. And I need to constantly talk about it so I can master it when it's something that can't be mastered. You know, like you have to sit through it and sitting through it and feeling it is way too uncomfortable for some people. Yeah. Not to say it's not it's not uncomfortable for for anyone. It is uncomfortable. But you have to condition yourself to feel those things that you don't want to feel so that you can process them and move through them and then. But also, you know, my method, my preferred method of just shutting down completely and not mm-hmm. sharing anything with anyone, that's not good either. Right. Uh, that's just op- working in the opposite because I'm aware of the fact of what uh, that could, that's an imposition on other people and I don't want to be that. But it's also, yeah, it's not healthy. Like the, no. there's a middle somewhere. Because people want that. I mean, you what your mom might be doing is <laughs> literal, like just actually dumping her feelings onto you because she can't sit with them. Yeah. It's look, sharing feelings and thoughts needs to be reciprocal. And even outside yeah. of feelings, thoughts, like you come across people who are smart people and you're having a conversation, but they really have no interest in what you're saying. Like I'd say, yeah. I, I have no interest in partaking in a conversation that isn't uh, where you're both sharing ideas. It's like, all right, you're just talking. You're waiting yeah. for me to take a breath. When I do speak, I sense that you're not listening to anything. I think like, I have that sense. Oh, totally. It's like, I know I look and then I'll just stop talking quite often. You know, it's been said that I'll sit there in silence. It's like, a, I gauge it. I gauge the situation. Yeah. It's like, if it's not an even share of ideas and thoughts and feelings, I don't care. I don't want to partake in it. And that's me shutting down and, you know. Uh, well, in those situations, what are you supposed to do? Teach them that they're. No. Annoying you by not listening. Like, no, you just have to say, all right, I'm going to pull the parachute and get out of here. Yeah. Hopefully it's That's in the a... wrong phrase. I was trying to think of like when you're in an air airline, air freight, a <laughs> pilot <laughs> and you press the eject button. Yeah. Seems like fire, the... fire. Fi- wait, what's happening? Am I having a stroke? Fighter jet. No, because when you have a stroke quite often, I think you still can think clearly. Oh, That's wow. where locked-in syndrome is the worst that can happen with a stroke, where your brain still works. Like, my stroke test is flawed. My stroke test is 
naming all the addresses I've ever lived in in my life. But I feel like you could have a stroke where your body no longer works and still name all the addresses in your head of where you live. Yeah. So it's not, uh, I don't know what's going on with you. There may be a disconnect between your brain and your, maybe I need to share maybe my the brain region. With my, yeah. The region of <laughs> your brain, of brain for speech is rotting, but I don't know <laughs> if it's a stroke. Though I guess speech does go, right? But you weren't able to form a thought. Like, no, I couldn't. Like, uh, my brain was throwing words at me that I knew weren't right. I was like, like a firefighter. A fighter pilot with the, yeah. um, the uh, you know, eject. They got yeah. the emergency ejection. And then I was seat. like, Freightliner. No? <laughs> yeah, do you remember your original thought? Yes, you were talking about being next to someone who you could tell wasn't listening and you shutting down and not speaking is like the fighter pilot just getting the hell out of there yes eject eject yeah just don't hit your head on the canopy like goose did because then you'll break your neck and die (gasps) in top gun spoiler greg which also is bullshit because you're flying so fast i guess they were in a flat spin when uh, that happened in the movie but the canopy completely came off it wouldn't just hover above the plane it would fly off which it actually yeah, yeah. does. If you watch the movie and the canopy flies oh. off, it flies <laughs> out of the picture. It's And then when Goose ejects, it's just hovering above the plane and he hits his head on it. Now, quite okay. often, it doesn't even fly off. The top of the seat busts through the glass and it just, you go straight through. Wow. Do you, do people get hurt doing that? Well, ejecting just in general, you get, you're going so fast, like it's not something you want to do. There was yeah. a, there was a story I heard about a, a fighter pilot who ejected and, you know, it just broke his limbs because the force of going that fast and then the wind resistance and then he landed uh, in the water and tried swimming, but his leg uh, bones were broken and uh, flopping and yeah. How do, you, how do you swim? I mean, I maybe there's a flotation device or something or maybe he just kept kicking. He lived, obviously, and Damn. then survived long enough to be rescued. But yeah, no, it's not. Did he share that story in an article you read? <laughs> yeah, he said it was some documentary sat down and he oh, okay. shared his uh, experiences. Thank you for sharing that story. With me. <laughs> Look, I, as time goes on, I tend to share more with people who are closer to me. I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind as much, but I just I want there to be a balance. And I think uh, if you're a person who just constantly sits there, and listens to other people's problems, you're going to build some resentment because you're, you're not feeling like you're getting what you need out of that dynamic. Yeah. You're like, Hey, okay. It's all about you. You're taking advantage of me. I like. Well, anytime you're doing someone a favor that you don't want to do, you're going to resent them for it. Yeah. I mean, if you really care about someone and they ask you to do a favor, I'm not saying you yeah. need to act in a manner where like, now you owe me because I hate that shit too. Because sometimes <laughs> yeah. it is nice to do something. But if it's a favor after a favor after a favor after a favor after, it's like, okay, stop. Yeah. This is, you've got. And part of that has to do with even like what you're saying, expressing yourself to someone over and over and over. It is kind of like asking a favor, like, would you mind listening to me again and again and again and again? And then when the other I have this thing, like if the if the other person never seems to be doing anything to solve what they're talking to you about, then it's like, well, how can I keep how can I keep caring? Yeah, like that woman. You obviously don't care. That woman on Facebook that when I was on Eric Von Hessler's Facebook that we both would follow. Her every post was just every problem in the world. Oh, it's so self-centered. 
It's like, yeah, you're sharing your information, but shut up. We, because I, at that point, because I'm not connected to her, I had no real interactions with her. I read it for entertainment purposes because yeah, same. there were like 20 posts a day and everything was always going wrong and the world was so awful. It's like, yeah, wow, there are real people. No wonder though, you could, you could gather that there weren't that many people in her life. And so you drove them all away. That is why. And yeah. that's just because you're, there's a lack of self-awareness. You're just self-absorbed, but there's no self-awareness. You don't realize what you're doing to other people. That's probably a survival thing, right? Because I think that she did, this person in particular probably did have some sort of like traumatic past. And so the only way to survive is to, I can only worry about myself. So she didn't think about how her dumping on I think you'd be kicked out. If you go back to, you know, people, humans living in tribes, She'd uh-huh. be kicked out. It's like, what are you bringing to this tribe? I wonder what the, you know, the ties. I don't know if you, I, I'm sure some of their own were sometimes uh, exiled. Like, you're done. You're bringing us down. When our, you've got the person who's always, oh, I can't contribute anything. And they become a weight to your survival as you're trying to get enough food and warmth. You're like, okay, bye. See ya. Yeah. What does, um, passive aggressiveness look in tribal societies <laughs> like oh it's fine i guess i won't have any of the chicken tonight because mm, <laughs> i guess i don't need any uh so i mean i think that's maybe off the topic of sharing it because it, we well we're referencing it as oversharing, but it's that's a t- completely different thing it's really not yeah. sharing at all it's like just you being all about you so yeah. it's a lack of sharing even though it's uh on the outside it's like well they're sharing a lot it's like no Nope, they're self-absorbed, and uh, I don't really want anything to do with that person. No. I, you know, it is, I'm just still thinking more about the fact that sharing is taught as a virtue of sorts, and why it doesn't go past that. I, I, I think there's a lack of teaching in society and kids to uh you know be aware of others that's why like cultures in japan which you know have their problems surely and are crippling it's a societal pressure that's put on you but it's like they're taught like you know think of other people yeah it's not just about you maybe it goes to the two opposite extreme and then nothing's about you and things can be about you but it's it's striking a balance with these things and you know that that could be an example of thinking about other people sharing everything you have without any benefit to yourself at some point can also take a toll. So, yeah, he's got to find, I was just, I was thinking about how sometimes I struggle with Ellie and Pete because I want to teach them to share, but then there are times when I think, no, I get it. I wouldn't want to share that either. Or thinking about like Ellie's something that Pete has taken like, yeah, I understand why you don't want to share that because you're you're worried he might break it because he might because he's three and he's, you know, he wants to break your stuff because you're his sister and that's his job. Yeah, but that's allowed too. I mean, with kids, they're, you know, I don't even know what age it comes into play where they actually realize that they're not the only creature in existence. Like they know, yeah, they, they know that you're eight or nine. You They know that you're alive as their mom. They know that the brother exists, but it's like, yeah, it actually is, you know, part of your brain forming, right? It's like, Oh wow. 
I, yeah. I, I understand that my actions do have influences on other people. So telling a three-year-old, trying to teach a three-year-old why you need to share in the virtues of it's not going to really do any good. I guess you can start no. to just instill it and hope that there's some kind of foundation for later on. But Well, I try and do it with Ellie. Like even with all the stuff that's happening now, I gave her a, a extremely light version of <laughs> a little bit of an explanation is, you know, like what is Black Lives Matter? Why are people protesting? What is happening? And her first question was like, but a cop would never, a police officer would never kill a kid, right? Like, no, a police officer is not going to kill me, right? Like, no. Yeah, she made it about herself, but she hears something that's scary. Yeah. And then applies it to herself. Right, because she has to, right? It's the only thing she knows is to bring it back. But that's, it, it, to me, that was a marker of where she is mentally. But overall, I mean, like, that goes... People hear something scary, a pandemic, and then they apply it to themselves. What do I need? Yeah. Oh, toilet paper. And they don't care about other people. <laughs> what if my neighbor needs toilet paper? Well, too bad for them. Use your hand. Yep. Yep. Sorry. And that's, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm making toilet paper soup tonight. I'm not saying it's easy. You're fighting against nature. Right. In these situations. And it may get so bad at some point, the situation calls for you to not care about other people as much as the people who are part of your tribe but you know while that doesn't exist if i see someone striving and trying and struggling and not meeting expectations theirs or mine or whatever then but mine at that point like you're trying so i don't there are my expectations are nothing more than that and i can appreciate that with a person but yeah you see a person just not caring and only thinking about themselves yeah and uh and i, I do feel like that happens too too often and, uh, you know, anyone thinks I'm negative and cynical, it's like you're in denial is what's really going on. Because I don't think I, I have a tendency to get overly negative. I can go there at times. But in my view of the world really, I think, is more of a hopeful view. And I notice things that I find for myself to be, uh, you know, beautiful. I was like, I'm not going to share that shit with you because you're going to ruin it for me. So, you know, when we do talk, I'm going to talk about what an awful person you are because you are. And I know that's the thing I think you need. You said in the beginning, like maybe that's something you should work on. (laughs) Well, uh, a lot of people to not be to not be uh, so swayed by someone's, you know, disinterest in something. Sure. But it's also part of me. You know, this is my ego. It's like, you don't even deserve it. You don't even deserve what I've got inside. (laughs) I'm not giving that to you. Yeah. And I'm not asking anyone to prove themselves outwardly in like some obstacle course. But there is a test <laughs> it's like a it's like all right i've i've watched you and no see i'm surprised we're friends <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> i'm surprised you like me um uh, i mean i can't deny that there are times that i found you very annoying when i was younger yeah. and didn't have a good grasp on things and you were just always cheerful and wanting to share everything I was like oh, i don't have time yeah. for this but then it was also you know because I didn't understand myself so well. So I couldn't take that from you. Yeah. And do anything with it. Because maybe it just made me feel bad. <laughs> I was like, ugh. This person, what do they see that's so great? And then uh, <laughs> maybe I should be feeling that way. And then you feel bad that you don't feel that way. I don't know. Right. I can't, I can't try to break that down now. That's yeah. a different topic. Too for long a ago. Time. Wrong topic. Too long ago. All right. Well, yes. thank you, everybody, for listening to One Topic. Thanks for letting us share our thoughts about sharing with you. 
If you like us, please go to our iTunes page and rate and review us. Also, please support our sponsor, HoffandPepper.com. Use our code ONETOPIC15 to get 15% off some hot sauce. And thanks. Bye. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without Mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's got to be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome.